Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half-Ashed. This is uh, episode number 31, I believe. I am Craig Schneider. He is Kip Fisher. And that man who you're all tuning in to listen to, who is not existent on tonight's show, is uh, the very fine Mr. Barry Stein from Miami Cigar. And uh, we have a bit of bad news, unfortunately, don't we? We do, just about... uh... I guess 12 or 13 minutes ago now, I got a message from Barry that he has lost power, which seems to be a common theme with our show lately. Yeah, that's, uh, man, oh, man. Well, what's next? Is he going to get hour-long version of the hiccups? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I went to bed last Friday night, and I have vivid memories of Ellie hitting me with a pillow in the middle of the night because I kept with those hiccups for hours. Hours. Oh, man, she made me get up in the middle of the night and eat peanut butter to make them go away. (laughs) Did it work? Oh, it works. Peanut butter works like a charm. Good to know. Yeah, something, you know, one of those random things you never really figured out. Well, no, somebody figured it out. You never really (laughs) do. (laughs) I was going to say, I think think you just figured it out. I I must have just figured it out. Well, we uh, we are unfortunately without Barry, but uh, we do still have his uh, lovely cigar of the week, the Casa Miranda Chapter Two. Yes, we do, and we, and when I say we, I mean I am smoking the robusto of it. I, I happen to have one without a band. This was a an early sample that that Barry had actually provided. Uh, the the once we had lined up for tonight's show would have been the banded ones, and they uh, will be resting comfortably. Maybe we can... uh, There's a possibility we'll get Barry on later tonight. If he gets power back, he's going to join us. But if not, we will certainly reschedule him. Well, um, it's obviously... uh, uh, It's obviously obvious. Allow myself to introduce myself. Um, It seems obvious for those of you who are listening, I'm sure, that... uh, I'm slightly under the weather this week. I've been uh, I've been fighting just a little bit of a what I thought was a cold, and then it's kind of erupted into some uh, I don't know. I had a fever yesterday and aches and stuff, so I'm gonna take it easy and not have a cigar tonight. Um, unfortunately, I won't be uh, smoking that chapter two. But what that means is that since I only have the one, um, if and when we do get Barry on on another day, I'll be able to uh, have it at that point. So. It's kind of a blessing in disguise, although uh, I was up for some good conversation tonight. Those of you who know Barry know that he's uh, he's about a personality and a half, I think. He is, and he's one of the good guys in the industry, and I say that about a number of people, but I really believe it about Barry. He's one of the most uh, fun and personable guys I think I've met uh, throughout the cigar world. He um, He's somebody that... I don't. Did you know him before the Dog Watch Herf last year, or was that the first time you guys had met? And you've just become close since, or? Well, I mean, that was the first time we met in person. We'd only corresponded through Twitter and whatnot. Uh, uh. He, he had recently made the jump uh, from New York to Miami, which is a, a pretty good jump. But from the blogging cigar media world to actually working in the industry as the uh, what is his actual title? I think he's assistant. Director of marketing or something to uh, for Miami Cigar, and um, his 
all too famous blog. Was it Smoking Cigar Man? No, no, that's uh, Tom Ufer down in Tampa. Oh yeah, Barry was a cigar smoker dot com. A cigar smoker, that's right. And uh, he actually sold that blog to a gentleman up in New England that owns Butthead's Tobacco Emporium. Well, there you go. Uh, Learn something Kevin, every day. Kevin Page is his name. Well, um, as you said, hopefully, uh, hopefully Barry uh, is able to sign on a little bit later and. We can have those uh, goofy conversations and funny laughs that inevitably will come out of any interview of ours. <laughs> well, we also do have a, a bit of an announcement about this uh, contest that we've been running here. Uh-huh. It, uh, it seems it's about time we give away some of those cigars of yours. We are. We're going to have that uh, announcement later on in the show. Uh, we uh Giving away those ten cigars, and goodness, I don't even remember what the ten were right now, but they were some great smokes. Oh uh, man, I, I remember quite a few of them. There was uh, uh, there was an Opus and a an Yeho, and then there were there were man oh man a number of other ones that are some of your absolute faves, as well as some stuff that's uh, relatively rare in the marketplace. Yeah, I got a got a list for you right <coughs> real quick. Sure, run through it. Why not? If I can. Find my own post. Yeah. Yeah, let's see what we got here. And that's not it. So we're going to generate just some lovely dead air here. <laughs> I don't know. Where the heck did I post that? Do you remember? Um, yeah. I, I know it went out on Cigar Me, but that's all right. We can, yeah, we uh, can go ahead and talk amongst ourselves and... Well, yeah, exactly. We can do that when, when we call the name. I think that's perfect. When we uh, announce the winner later on, I'm sure that'll oh. be enough time for it to be a found. I got to be it. A found. It oh. was actually on halfash.com, not on the Cigarmi. Oh, excuse me. It may have been both. I don't know. It is a Tatuaje Wolfman, which was the uh, short run or the limited Halloween release last year, 2012. Uh, two of the Ortega Cubals which is not yet out, I don't think. I think that's not yet released. I got got a couple of extras from Eddie, and I think they're just great smokes. And I wanted somebody else to get to try those. A uh, Casa Fernandez Miami Toro, which is another favorite of mine, but it's the one I gave the, uh, not a disclaimer, the warning that if you are not a fan of really potent Nicaraguan cigars, you might want to share that one with your friend. <laughs> It's very good, but it is not for the, the weak at heart. Um, there's an Opus in there. There's a couple of the uh, the new Sam Lucia Black uh, Robustos, which I've been smoking a lot of. I'm a humongous fan of those. Uh, J.C. Newman, Julius Caesar, and it's a little Perfecto that actually is going to be a lounge exclusive for them. Uh, I believe I got that one at CFC this past year. But uh, those Those are always good smokes, and... That's kind of an oddball size. You can't just run out and pick up. Uh, Fuente and Yeho 46, which happens to be my favorite size in that line. Uh, I'm a fan of all the Añejos, and everybody goes for the shark, of course, but you can't hardly get those. With the 46 is just right there with it for me. I mean, it's not as big, not as uh, long smoking a cigar, but just as flavorful. And then a uh, another Fuente a between the lines. Uh, which happens to be my wife's favorite cigar on the very rare occasion she'll uh, light one up. So, that's the 10. 
That's an awful darn good 10. And as I said... Going... Go ahead. I was going to say, as I said, that's uh, almost enough of a reason to come up with a fake website or a fake email address to email the show to try to get entered myself. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to have to provide an address to ship them to. I think I'd recognize yours if I saw it. That's all right. I might just tell you to send them to me so I can send them out. You know, I'll do it as a as a friend friendly gesture so that way you don't have to give yeah. out your personal address. Yeah, I'm 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 sure that's going to work. <laughs> Well, before we get too terribly long, do we want to talk at all uh, about this chapter two, the contents or uh, where it was made or anything like that? We want to get into that or we want to save that for the next time that we uh, go over it? Um, you know, maybe we can talk Barry out of a couple of kilos if we bring him back on. You know, that sounds like a perfect idea. Let's talk about this chapter two quickly. <laughs> You're talking about Miami-based companies. That's kind of a strange sentence to say. It might get a couple of kilos out of it. <laughs> well, the uh, the original, and uh, hopefully this doesn't need clarification, but uh, the chapter one was made by uh, Elton de Bronze in Miami. Uh, the chapter two is, uh, I believe, as been pretty widely published, uh, is from my father. It's uh, reportedly medium-bodied, and uh, it's got a dark Nicaragua Corojo wrapper with filler from Brazil, the DR, and Nicaragua as well. Available at a Robusto, the 45 by 50 which I believe we will be smoking. The Corona Gorda, a 6x46, uh, which are you smoking that tonight? No, I'm actually smoking the Robusto tonight. Oh, you are? Yep. Oh, well, never mind. I didn't think you said you were. My mistake. Um, also a Toro at 5.5 by 54 and a Grand Toro, which is uh, otherwise referred to as... Uh, never mind. I won't say that. A 6 by 60. <laughs> uh, an in inappropriate phallic cigar. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> and, uh, lose, lose, lose us off iTunes yet. No, no, no. We're not going to lose anybody for that. Um, and this falls kind of in that sweet spot. Six. Oh, oh, excuse me. It's a little lower than the sweet spot. Six thirty-five. That's six fifty. My mistake. Uh, about s just over six dollars to eight dollars for these. So, kind of in that uh, that normal range, and with some of that Brazilian and Dominican filler in there, it kind of. I don't know. That to me seems like it'll be a pretty nice kind of spicy, sweet, spicy mix. So to go along with some good quality Nicaraguan Corojo, I think it'll be a, a darn good smoke. I'm actually uh, kind of let down that I'm not having it right now, to be honest with you. Well, you still got it for later. It's just delayed gratification. Yeah, and I uh, I got some stuff to talk about in the, uh, you know, the, the world of cigars topic later on where we can... Uh, we can maybe plan when I will be having one of these cigars at least. So yeah, and I got to tell you, I had the uh, Toro, I guess it was the five and a half by fifty-four earlier today, and I, I don't want to say it's a drastically different cigar, but this one has a, a much different uh, palette of flavors than the than the the Toro did. The Toro was a little more. Um, Old. I had it right after eating lunch. You know, had a, a good meal in me, but it was noticeably stronger than this one, and not quite as uh, citrusy, kind of sweet 
as as the robusto is so far. Huh. What's the uh, the citrusy sweetness? Is it kind of like the the base kind of Nick? Not base. Uh, you remember the the Dale Roush Nick Zing? Is it kind of in line with that, or is it more? Um, I, I got more of that Zing definitely on the Toro. Uh, less of that here. I'm not getting much of a, a tingle even through the nose with the retro hell. And it's more of a sweet orange kind of citrus. It's not not lemony, not grapefruity. It's not none of that uh, sharp or, or no bitterness at all. But and none of the sharp citrus. It's more sweet. Well, that's uh, I'm uh, I, I'm a little surprised that it's not a little different. I had expected um, from that. Brazilian tobacco, especially, I'd expected that zing to kind of be tweaked a little bit. But either way, I mean, it's a tried and true flavor. Then, if it's got that kind of sweet citrus, then yeah, and and I can I can see a correlation to some other Brazilian cigars, and definitely not going to say this is a match for a Monte Pascal, but there's something, uh, and that's popping some synapses in my head that that pulls out that same memory, that same flavor that reminds me of some experiences I've had with a Monte Pascal. Some of that type of that that family of citrus. Hmm. Yeah, that that would definitely line up with that um uh whatever it's called, that uh kind of sweet citrus. So Mhm. Well, we uh we got a couple not too many, but a couple news items. Shall we uh jump right in and get them out of the way here? I was I was sorry I took a side trip there. Barry had just sent another message that he's still without power. So. Ah, no problem. All well, right. Well, item number one seems to be uh, right in your wheelhouse. It the, is uh, the as expected, always enjoyable uh, um, cigar family um, charitable foundation. Uh, what is it? it's CFC not. CFCF. CFCF is just the organization. Yes, CFCF is the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. CFC is Cigar Family Celebration. We're predominantly supporters and and folks close to the organization kind of congregate and gather up and and celebrate another year of uh, CFCF. And this trip has been announced for several weeks now and open to previous uh, attendees, but as of this past week, it's now open to the public, and you can go. You can, I don't have the site right in front of me, but if you search Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, you'll find their website. And um, they actually sent an email out, but the the link was broken in the email at the time the site was down. So I can provide that if anybody can't find it. Send me an email to kip at thecigarmy.com, and I'll uh, I'll give you a link back to it. It's a fantastic trip. Uh, this upcoming year, it's February the fifth through the seventh. And this is the same trip you see me every year, put pictures up, talk about, and just actually gush about. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's such a good time. You, you get to go down and see the kids and see the school and see you know the work that's been done in the past year and, and what their plans are for the upcoming year. And smoke some phenomenal cigars and bring a you know, good number of those back with you. Um, but uh, that's cost of the... 
the ticket to attend is 295 bucks. That includes uh, basically most, almost all of your meals while you're there, transportation to and from the airport in the country, um, the the banquet, the tours and transportation wherever you need to go while you're there, and of course all the cigars um, that they they pass out. But uh, you pretty much got to get a hotel and a plane ticket down there, and then the ticket, and you're good to go. But it's a, it's, well, a, it's a great way to get to, you know, hang out with the Fuentes, hang out with the, the people that support the organization. And and I can't tell you how much different it is to actually go there in person and see the kids and see what, you know, w- what's been done in, in comparison to the, the, uh, the other communities that may not yet have gotten help. And just as a side note, not to get too far down a, a rat hole here, but CFCF doesn't just serve the 500 or so kids that are at the school. They they serve the entire community, which is upwards of 20 villages and communities right around there. And <clears throat> they do a service day every year now, um, the day before the actual event starts, where most of the people come down and they go out and we assemble these water filters in the communities because they, they simply don't have clean drinking water. And they're just little portable filters that that they can have in their house to you know, to be able to provide potable water, so they're not walking around with who knows what kind of parasites and all in, in the drinking water, and you know they have other food distribution outlets and whatnot going on as well. So it's it's you know it's one thing to read about it, it's one thing to even see pictures or videos, but it's another thing altogether to actually be able to go down there and see firsthand what's going on and and to be a part of it for a day. Um, it, it's just really cool. How much, uh, just for someone who who has that interest in, uh, you know, the cigar family brands, um, how much of the trip is actually at uh, uh, cigar centric locations, or how much of what is the trip really? I don't want to say devoted to, but um, you know, if you're Attending some of the events, are you able to have a cigar there too, or um, really oh, kind of what is that feel? I guess absolutely. Uh, um, the, there's a day uh, spent, the service day, which you, everybody gathers up at the foundation, you know, load up vehicles with these parts and pieces for the water filters and the food bags, and then they disperse into the communities to to pass these out and assemble the filters and do all that work. And come back, uh, have a uh, a meet and greet gathering kind of thing by the pool there. Everybody's at the same hotel as at the uh, Grand Almirante, and then there's a a, a day spent uh, most of the early portion of the day touring the school, seeing the kids, you know, and and getting to meet some of them, talking to the teachers and all that kind of thing, and then go over to Chateau de la Fuente in the afternoon for you know a meal and more cigars and, and hanging out and walking the grounds of the chateau and you can walk to the tobacco fields and you know get your picture taken with Opus wrapper in the field if you want and uh, just they have a, all kinds of cool stuff there at the chateau the animals and plants and whatnot it's a beautiful beautiful place um, and then the next day I forgot about all the animals that were there oh yeah, yeah that's right I totally forgot about that. Ostriches and peacocks and flamingos and all, all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. 
the, then there's a day where much of that day is devoted to, you know, it, it kind of goes in shifts. You go have a lunch. Uh, you know, every year we've been there, we went to um, Il Pasticcio, which is a, an Italian restaurant there, and have a meal and, and go get a tour of uh, Fuente Factory Number 1, which is their flagship factory, and, uh, hang, you know, get to kind of go through the, the Opus Room and the Hemingway and the Don Carlos and then the, the really cool little room where the, the really talented rollers are doing all the crazy oddball things you see coming out of that factory. And um, and then the, the the last night is a, uh, a a nice banquet, you know, just a kind of a closing ceremony that's up at Camp, D- Camp David up on the mountain, which has just an incredible view of Santiago at night that you just can't even get into a, a photograph. you got to see that firsthand. I um I, I think that when I was at Camp David, one of the things that I was most envious about that I ended up getting from some other people was uh uh the panorama shot. I mean it's not just, you know, a, a simple view of, of Santiago. It's I mean it's three sides of their uh of their balcony. I mean you can you can get like a two hundred degree view of of uh, the Dominican Republic countryside from there. And you're right, at night, it is absolutely gorgeous, probably 500 feet above the city, um, looking down, just really, really a beautiful, beautiful shot. Yeah, if I recall right, it's even, it's they have little elevation markers as you're going up the mountain as a place, and it seems like it was at least 1,500 feet. Really? Wow. I, I could be way off base. That's just what's in the back of my head, and my memory is terrible no i uh i'm not going by anything that i saw i just was thinking it's up there i just didn't know it was you know quarter third of a mile doggone that's pretty high (laughs) wait a minute quarter of a third of a mile driving up that mountain No, 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 no no not driving down like how much higher elevation wise than the city quarter mile third of a mile higher than the city uh huh how high is that, Craig? Third of a mile, quarter mile. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, thousand feet, fifteen hundred feet. Yeah, or so. Can you hear the wild feet? kid? Yeah, a third of a mile, seventeen sixty. What? Am I missing something? Did I do some stupid math or something that you're getting no, ready thought, to pounce I, at me for? I thought I said it was about 1,500 feet, and you thought you were mistaken because you thought it was a third of a mile or so. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, that's where the confusion lies. I uh, I didn't think it was a third of a mile. Oh, oh, I gotcha. No, I was just thinking, ah, I don't know how much it is, you know, 500 feet, something like that. Sorry. Boy, I stopped paying attention for one second. What were you saying? There's a kid <laughs> shooting something off behind you? No, no. You know all kinds of craziness in my neighborhood. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's some kid across the street just wailing. I don't know what he's got going on over there. No, I don't seem to hear anything. No, he's quieting down now. Yeah, well, that's a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> so what what do you got on here? You got another trip you'd like to mention that, that just sounds as cool as can be to me that's a little bit longer and uh, maybe a little more cigar centric in nature. Yeah, I uh um I, I don't know if I'd say it's a little more cigar centric. There's a lot of focus on um 
the culture as well with these trips. But I think last week or perhaps two weeks ago, we talked about CigarTourism.com, their Nicaragua and DR trips. Um, The Nicaraguan trip is December 8th through the 12th, and the Dominican trip is the January 19th through the 23rd. Um, And these really seem to be, I guess, probably similar um, to the... uh, to the Fuente trip, except for the fact that you are daily focusing on a different manufacturer, if not multiple manufacturers in a day. Um, so it sounds like that that final night gala when you're, uh, you know, when you're at the chateau um, that you were talking about, when you're, you know, you're just kind of taking the tours and going through everything. You might go through two of those tours a day uh, for four or five days. Uh, it, it really is a uh, a special jam-packed trip, um, either of them. I've been on both the Nicaraguan and the Dominican trip, uh, and it's you know you're accompanied by uh, interesting events like rolling your own cigars, blending your own cigars, uh, rum tasting, scotch tastings, just really kind of a you know you want to have a good time, you want to involve yourself in in all things cigars. These are good trips to go on. Because it's uh, it's four or five days of just nonstop go 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 action. Um, I've been on it multiple times. Love them. I think that it's a genuinely affordable, genuinely um, uh, easygoing and well planned way to uh, see cigar country. Uh, so if you're if you're looking for something that uh, perhaps is a little more, uh, I don't want to say laid back and kind of put words in your mouth, Kip, but Something that's a little more focused on, um, uh, you know, a celebration of um, all things Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. Then the the CFC uh, at the beginning of February probably lines up uh, more with your needs, and then the the cigar tourism trips probably line up more with your, uh, you know, if you've kind of got that unquenchable thirst, you know, for uh, for all things cigars. So. These are a great time, uh, really put on by uh, uh, a spectacular tour guide. Colin Ganley knows his stuff, is intimately connected, and uh, will do nothing if not succeed in giving you just about uh, one of the best weeks you've ever had. So highly recommend those and want to make sure everybody knows to head up to CigarTourism.com, follow any of the the, uh, comments and regulations and anything that's up there to book your own trip and do so without uh, without worry. So, highly, highly recommended. And if I'm not completely mistaken, I think the Cigar Tourism Nicaraguan trip is one of just very, very few uh, groups that actually get into the Padron operation. Yeah, that is that is very correct. I, um, I, I was on the first tour that Padron gave of their factory um, and it was so, it, it it was so hush hush. I don't want to say hush hush. It was so guarded that we could not photograph rollers. There were people walking with us at the front and the back of of the uh, the group that we walked through. And it wasn't so much that they were eh, untrusting or angry or anything like that. It was just they. You know, you don't get let into that that factory. It's a compound. It literally is set up with turrets as almost a military type base. 
Um, I mean, if you remember that the Padrones, their first, uh, one of their first factories in Nicaragua was taken over by uh, guerrillas at one point in the in the 70s, I believe. And so this factory, which is the newer of their factories, I believe is now about 15 years old, was set up essentially to to guard everything that was uh, or that is the families. And so they're rather they're rather uh, serious about their security there. So uh, and going on one of these cigar tourism trips will get you in the door, and it really is an amazing place. A rolling method, um, unlike any I've ever seen. This, the wrappers are rolled out of the cigars, completely soaking wet. Uh, I, I, I've never seen anyone else do that. It's really quite unique. Hmm. Yeah, I, the uh, first time that I went down to the Dominican was with my friend Jeff, who's actually in the chat room tonight. And the two of us thought it would be really cool if, Rather than flying into Santiago, we flew into Santo Domingo, oh, save, save a few bucks, and drive across the country. <laughs> and holy crap. It, it, the countryside was fine. The city of Santo Domingo was insane. You know, the, all the manhole covers are gone because they steal them to get, you know, reclaim the metal. So there's three-foot holes in the streets. The guardrails are all gone. Anything that's metal is taken and, you know, you're, you'd be on a, a a highway that has two lanes. Well, they have traffic lights, the same as we have here in the States, but nobody pays attention to them. Somebody in the other direction completely ignores the lights and just decides when there's a gap they think they can make it across, they shoot across, which stops traffic the other way. Well, once those two lanes stop, cars start branching out and you know soon you're seven or eight wide on this highway and then it's the first one of those front seven or eight have to make a decision when they want to try to shoot a gap themselves and oh my gosh man alive. and we took first off the signs are all in Spanish and neither of us spoke Spanish oh jeez well done and, yeah and, and which really was a moot point because most of the signs were gone anyway there were no signs so we ended up taking the wrong split of a highway and had to turn around and come all the way back into town, across the bridge and back in. Got in and just it piled up in insane traffic and kind of shot a gap ourselves over into a Burger King parking lot to, to turn around to come out. And, and we decided that apparently the the guy, the guard at the Burger King, thought we were coming in a little hot and came out you know with a shotgun to check us out. <laughs> Oh jeez! Holy crap! It's a Burger King. They gotta have shotguns to guard the Burger King, and we got out of there and finally got out of that city. But man, I, I have no desire to go back at, at least to the eastern portion of Santo Domingo. I understand there are some better parts, but we were not in the best part of town. Foreigners that didn't speak the language, it, it, I, I was puckered for that trip. I'll tell you that. Oh, that is a country boy saying, I was puckered, I tell you. <laughs> uh, it, it it was touch and go there for a while. And oh, my goodness. It's funny now, but I, I will be completely truthful and say it was not funny that day. And, and knowing, you know, throughout that whole trip, we had to make that drive going back. <laughs> It's only, you know, look on a map, it's 100 miles. Well, that's nothing. It was like four and a half hours to drive that 100 miles. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I actually had delusions of the same thing. Um, a buddy of mine 
that I was on one of the cigar tourism trips with, he had thought, well, you know, I won't, I won't drive to Santo Domingo, but I'll drive from Santiago to, um, oh, and I'm blanking on the, the northern uh, beach town or there's a vacation destination resort town. What the heck is it? Um, not Puerto Plata. Yeah, maybe Puerto Plata. Well, either way. Um, so I had I had uh, contemplated flying into San or, um, Santo Domingo and then renting a car and going over to Santiago and was talked out of it uh, because a buddy of mine owns a place in Puerto Plata and told me just about what you're saying that you do not want want to make that trip. You just don't want to make that trip. Nobody wants to be in Santo Domingo, and. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I ended up talking my buddy out of going to um, uh, Puerto Plata just because I was, you know, I, I was a little bit fearful. I'm just like, no, this guy told me you do not want to drive through cities or really drive the countryside. I mean, if you get lost, you're in trouble. You are not in uh, in a, uh, a very easy place to get help and to be able to communicate with people. So, uh yeah, there you go. I, I talked him out of uh, heading up to Puerto Plata. So stories just like yours uh, resonate with people who aren't exactly fluent in Spanish. Oh man, yeah. I I can't even begin to tell you how much of a fiasco it was, and it is a a good memory now. But oof, it was it was rough on that trip, and not something I have much desire to ever do again. Uh, I don't blame you. Accompaniment from somebody who knows a little more than I. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, hey, hey. Well, the third news item that we got here is, uh, man, I uh, I've been dragging my feet. I haven't gone up and uh, entered in personally into the the raffle on Cigar Federation. There. Yeah, uh, that is going on right now. It ends tonight, actually, in about an hour and 45 minutes. It may be two hours and 45 minutes. It ends at midnight, but there are people on that board across the country, so I'm not sure what time zone they're using. But I know Logan, I, I think he's just uh, an hour or two behind us. But anyway, you got an hour and 45 minutes to three hours and 45 minutes. At, at somebody's midnight tonight, this thing ends. Uh, but don't let that stop you. You know, by all means, send something to Project Manana. It's absolutely a worthy cause anyway, any time of year. Uh, yeah. The prizes have continued to pile in for that thing, and I don't know that I've ever seen such a, a big debut of a fundraiser. I, I, the last tally I saw was like $4,000 had been raised for Project Manana. And the the prizes were outrageous. The the cigar companies that stepped up and donated those prizes did did some cool stuff, including Miami Cigar. I think uh, several of them, the uh, prize packs were from them. Um, the last count I saw, there were like two dozen what I'm calling prize packs. Each pack had a box of cigar and something, you know, and a hat or and a shirt or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then there were some additional prizes for the biggest donor and all. And then the uh, the grand prize was uh, a trip to the Dominican, actually, to see Project Manana. Uh, I think it was for three days, three or four days. And you, for that, you had to get your own plane ticket. But outside of that, you are in Brian Berman's hands from the time you land in the country until you leave. And he takes care of your 
transportation, meals, lodging, the the whole deal, uh, which which is a phenomenal pie. I, I'd have to say I think that he'd be a pretty good person uh, to be led around the Dominican Republic by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for. Uh, <laughs> One of us gringos, he has about as firm a grasp on the Spanish language as anybody I've met and is definitely connected to the people. And he is living there full time now since since leaving CRA. Um, he is 100% um, – not that he wasn't already 100% dedicated to Project Manana, but he is – his life is now Project Manana, which is really cool. And I, I love the idea. I love the organization. And it's another – uh, that you know their board of directing board of directors staff they have some uh, in country localized staff like teachers and and uh, the the lady that prepares the meals for the kids and all those are paid positions but as far as their um, I'm calling them board of directors I'm not sure what they call them they they don't take a salary out of this if you donate money to Project Manana it goes into the kids, into the school, into the feeding programs, uh, 100%. And uh, Christy and I are 100% behind it, and she's actually coming down with me. When we go in February, we're piggybacking CFC onto a trip to Project Manana. We're going to go down and spend about five days uh, with Brian, helping him out with some projects and working with the kids and doing what we can to, to help out then as well. Well, I uh, I think it's a just a great organization. Absolutely. I mean, really, without even having to say any more, it uh, you know head on up to Cigar Federation, take a look at uh, at the uh, the giveaway, jump on in there, get your chance to to help out an unbelievable organization, and then you know look up a little bit more about Project Mignana, become uh, a little bit more intimately familiar with it, and hopefully maybe even a little involved. Yeah, and if you want to get in on the raffle, the way it works is every $10 given is an entry into the uh, the drawing for the, the various prizes. Um, you can only win one prize, I think, through that. If you are one of the top three donors, you get another prize in addition to any that you, that you would be drawn for. Uh, donations of 260 or more get can win actually two prizes. Uh, there, there's all kinds of rules. They're all detailed at CigarFederation.com. Um, but if you want to get in on that raffle, like I said, you got no more than a couple hours to do it, and um, you need to go click through the link on Cigar Federation to make the donation so that so it's connected because that will take you. You don't actually give your money to Cigar Federation. The the link there will take you to Project Manana where you can donate, and it, they will know where that came from and what it's for. Well, we uh, we do have a few new cigars here to talk about, uh, releases coming up that uh, we should be telling the folks about. Yeah. Um, which ones are you talking about? Because I don't have the notes in front of me anymore. Oh, no problem at all. It's uh, the three items from oh. from Miami Cigar. Yeah, which one you want to cover first? Well, let's uh, let's let's go in order. I think they're written in the right order for us to discuss. So the first that we have is the uh, the Casa Miranda Chapter Two. Yep. Certainly, what what we've talked about a little bit here, the cigar that uh, Kip's smoking tonight, that uh, we are highlighting. 
yep, well, I'm a third of the way through this now, if I can get that in the frame. Uh, still has much of that uh, sweet, savory, see, sweet, savory, sweet citrus kind of flavor. <laughs> That's, you know, that sweet savoriness um, that I mentioned earlier, maybe a little less, maybe more toward some leathery kind of uh, uh, taste to it. Uh, it's a little... It doesn't appear to be making much smoke, but it's a really dense mouth palate coating kind of smoke uh, that that gives you a great idea of what the cigar has to offer. I'm, I'm really, really digging this, and I typically prefer smaller cigars in, anyway, but I, I think as much as I enjoyed the Toro, if I was going to go buy these, and chances are at some point I will, uh, I would... I would pick this Robusto up, I think, first. That's uh, high praise from a man who uh, has said before that one of the sizes this cigar comes out in is the perfect cigar size. So, Well, I have not uh, not smoked that one yet, so we'll see. <laughs> well, and uh, obviously next, uh, the next cigar from uh, Miami Cigar that would be much more interesting had Barry Stein been able to join us tonight is the uh, the Kilo, which is Barry's personal, uh, I don't know if we, if it's his personal cigar or just a cigar that he personally blended. But do you know all the backstory on that one? It is a cigar that, a little bit, and he actually put up a blog post, and I can't quote that, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, we can go into those fine details when we have him on the show. Uh, but he, you know, Made several trips down to the Dominican as he works. Hey, I, look who's popping in the room. Hey, you got power? Wow. What uh, what timing? Your ears must can have been ringing. Can you hear us yet, Barry? Yeah, I can see you. The only thing is I'm on being my phone. I decided <laughs> to go to my friend's cigar shop, but he usually has, like, Latin music night. So I was like, All right, I ain't going to bring my laptop because I'm not going to be able to do anything. Well, as luck would have it, there's nobody here. So, I guess being by the phone is better than nothing, you know? Yeah, well, we're glad you could join us. Uh, we actually were just getting to uh, your cigar in particular. We, we've already talked a little bit about the Chapter 2, uh, Casa Miranda Chapter 2, and we were just about to talk Kilo, and you would be the man to talk about with Kilo. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't know if you want the backstory, what you guys were talking about, what you want yes. me to talk about. Give that backstory all over Absol it. Absolutely. We were just going to kind of skim over the backstory because you weren't here, but with you being here, we would love to hear it. Well, I've been with Miami Cigar since uh, January 2nd of 2012. After my first year with Miami Cigar, they decided to send me to the factory at La Aurora in the Dominican Republic to learn more about the factory side of the business. So for a couple of days I worked in the fields and you know as a big guy working in the fields I seriously thought I was going to drop dead of a heart attack. <laughs> it, was, it was like 92 degrees, they had me like identifying plants, they had me removing the leaves of the plant. Um, I'm walking like miles, what felt like miles through the fields. It's raining, if you don't step right you slip on the mud and you fall on your ass. And so after like two days of that, they were like, let's go to the factory and learn about blending. I was like, yes. 
But then I remembered that the factory doesn't have air conditioning, so it was just as hot in the factory. <laughs> it was hot and still in the factory. Yeah, so but at least I got to play with tobacco for a couple of days, and uh, I put together eight different blends. Um, I brought them back to Miami. I let them age for a while, and this one blend stood out. And uh, I couldn't get anybody at Miami Cigar to smoke it. They were like, ah, you're just a blogger. You don't know anything about cigars. You know, more, more good-natured teasing than anything else. And uh, so I brought it to Neighborhood Humidor, which is the shop that I'm at right now, like right over there. And uh, I gave it to the people here to smoke, and uh, everybody pretty much enjoyed it. So uh, Hector Paz, who's our director of sales, he comes into the shop, and everybody's telling him, oh, if you smoke Barry's Kilo, you got to try Kilo, you got to try Kilo. And he's like, is it really that good? And everybody's telling him, we think it's that good. So he goes, all right, give me one. I didn't have any left. So I had to go to the factory and get them to make more. And then when they came in, he smoked one. He thought it was too strong for him. So uh, personally, it wasn't his cup of tea, so to speak, but he says he could see where it's a good cigar. And then Jason Wood, the vice president of Miami Cigar, he smoked one, and he, uh, he green-lighted the project. So on September 20th in Santa Fe, New Mexico, we're going to do a launch at Kilo, and then hopefully four or five weeks after that, It'll uh, ship in three sizes to stores across the nation, and uh, hopefully it's well-received. So far, it was well-received at uh, the Chattanooga Tweet-Up. Kip, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but I believe you told me that you enjoyed it, and uh, I guess we'll see what happens. I enjoyed it immensely, actually, and that that was not me just pulling your leg. I, I have passed that along to a number of other folks, and... I have one left that I'm going to smoke and write up this weekend that I will undoubtedly be sending pictures of to Craig just to harass him the whole time. <laughs> just like you did with the first one, you son of a... Yeah, once, once I figure out the, the, the amount of these... I mean, we have cigars right now in the, uh, in, the, in the warehouse at Miami Cigar. So once we pack together, like I'm waiting for the boxes to be finished in the Dominican Republic. So once the boxes come and we, we package up the cigars, what's left, I'm going to start sending to various bloggers, people in the cigar and, uh, you know, the cigar media. So uh, I'll make sure that you get one eventually. Um, bear with me. It'll take a little while. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll make sure all the bloggers get copies of, uh, copies of the cigars, get, you know, cigars to smoke and what have you. Well, I'm, I'm heading west uh, next weekend. I'll be I'll be out west, yeah, starting next weekend. So uh, maybe I'll just go a little bit further west and make it to Santa Fe. You never know. Hey, you're more than welcome to join the, the shop, uh, Primo Cigar Shop. Uh, my former business partner in New York is a, uh, a percentage owner of the store, and uh, he you know he really got on Miami Cigars case. He's like, we want to do the event, we want to do the event, we want to do the event. And finally, they caved. Uh, so I'll be flying out there on the 18th, um, make it a little, bit, a little bit of work, a little bit of catching up with my friends from New York. There's uh, 14 of them flying out to Santa Fe for the event. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it should be good times. Now, the uh, components in this blend, if we're okay to talk about them, uh, yeah, we, I think uh, it's okay. We have an Ecuadorian Samasha wrapper on it over a Cameroon binder. And there's four different leaves inside the filler. You got two Dominican leaves, um, utilizing only the lajero of the particular seed. Um, you got Nicaraguan lajero, 
and you got Pennsylvania Broadleaf. So it's a, it's a pretty kick-ass spiller. That was the one. Say again. Yeah, that that Pennsylvania Broadleaf was the one. The Pennsylvania Broadleaf was what I wanted Craig to hear because he's recently kind of had a penchant for that leaf. I most certainly have. I uh, I didn't even gone out of my way to to start looking specifically for cigars with that because I enjoy it so much. Yeah, I had fallen in love with uh, another brand that utilized uh, that utilized Pennsylvania Broadleaf on the wrapper. Um, I don't have a problem with you know mentioning the brand, but Panacea. Um, they have a green and light white band cigar that's a Pennsylvania Broadleaf wrapper. Um, that was my first introduction to Pennsylvania Broadleaf, and then Rocky used it on his Winter Blend uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, when Laura laid out all the tobacco that they had available for me to start playing with, when I saw the Pennsylvania Broadleaf. I had a toy with it. Um, I've had good experiences with it in the past, uh, and I wanted to see if I could, you know, somehow make it work within a blend that would work for Miami Cigar and Company. Now, what what did you say that cigar was with the green and white band? I'm sorry, you kind of cut out. Panacea. Oh, Panacea. Yeah. Um, that's actually. Oh uh, no, I just got rid of the wrapper. I had one of those uh, uh, the Panacea green right on my uh, desk here until I cleaned up. Never fails. You clean up, and then you need something you throw out. Yep. No, I uh, I am a huge fan of that cigar, and I love the Panacea blending mentality as a whole. Um, uh, it's good cigars, good people, and uh, I, I really appreciate the philosophy that they have in a lot of their stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not really familiar with the, the brand in the line. I just remember I used to hang out in a shop in Montclair, New Jersey called Fume. And they yeah. had the cigars on the shelf, and uh, it was one of the cigars that I just decided to try, and I, it, you know, it piqued an interest in Pennsylvania Broadleaf. And then, like I said, then Rocky did it with his Winter Collection in, I want to say 2008, but don't hold me to it. Could have been 2010. I don't know. I'm getting older, and the years are going by faster, <laughs> so everything's starting to blend together. My sister's from North Brunswick, so uh, or she lives in North Brunswick now. So that may be that may be uh, where one of my fondness for Panacea cigars started, because I'm sure I've been to Fume. Okay. Huh. But either way, um, boy, that's yeah, yeah that uh, that piques my interest. I'll tell you that much. I love that. Uh, Love that tobacco. Really do. Well, I'll just tell you, Craig, it's a fantastic cigar that you can't smoke yet, and I'm going to send you pictures of it. <laughs> this is our relationship, no, we, Barry. We, <laughs> what were you saying? I'm it sorry. It seems to be a good one. It's a little bit of an odd couple thing going on. Oh, so there's just, no you know, doubt about right that. Kilo, I just want to... I wanted to apologize to both of you for... Uh, you know, unfortunately, I had a power blackout um, where I live. It seems like there was a six blocks ra- six block radius where all the power went out. Oh, that that's... so my roommate was cooking dinner. I was getting ready to go online with you guys. The power goes off, it comes back on. Power goes off, it comes back on. Power goes off, it stays off. I'm like, Ugh. my luck. So I tried waiting it out. I tried waiting it out. Nothing happened and. At least I get to spend a little bit of time with you, even though it's via the phone. Hopefully the quality is not too bad. But, uh, you know, my apologies for not being there at the beginning. 
Hey, that oh, no. no no worries at all. That is absolutely not in your control. That that's we can reschedule and have you on and go into all the gritty grimy details with Miami Cigar as as soon as we can work it out. You know, since we've got Barry on the line here, is there um excellent, excellent. You know, Kip, is there uh, anything you want to talk about with the uh, the regional uh, release that is next on this list? Is there maybe anything he might be able to tell us about that? There is everything I want to talk about with that cigar. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was rendered speechless with this thing. That, that uh, I'm I'm as big a fan yeah. of San Andreas as Craig is Pennsylvania broadly, and I really, really, really just truly love the Mexican experiment that Pete Johnson did last year. And of course that was a limited release that went away and I smoked this cigar and, and while it you know, certainly is not a, uh, a match or a, a, you know, dead even you know, similarity, it, it was yes. enough of that style of flavor that I just absolutely fell in love. And now this is also a limited release. So I got Craig going to scour the Midwest for me to pick up some of these. Well, the cigar the cigar is based on the Dano 2012. Uh oh, had a good relationship with the Torrent family, who uh, makes you know who produces a lot of that San Andreas uh, tobacco. So to do a to do a. Uh oh, I think we lost him. Did we just lose him? Yeah, he's, yes, he's, we uh, did. Well, you just oh, are not getting. Gonna... All right, let's see if we can get back in. I don't know if you guys hear me now, but uh, I lost the internet connection over here. I'm 3G. Uh, but you know, as I was saying, Miami Cigar has a good relationship with the Torrent family, and they, you know they produce most of the San Andreas tobacco. Um, so you know we have that relationship with my father's cigar factory, and we worked on blending the Dano last year for uh, release. Which is named after, you know, it's named after Nestor's son who passed away from uh, brain cancer. And uh, so every couple of years, we'll tweak the Dano line to keep, you know, keep Dan keep Danny in our, you know, in our minds and our hearts, and make sure he's a part of the company, even though he's no longer with us, uh, by having this cigar that's named after him. So last year, we uh, when we went down to my father, it was me, Jason, um, and we worked on a new blend that we brought back to Miami and of course Nestor has final approval on anything that we release and uh, he enjoyed the cigar and that cigar was only available in one size it was 6x56 and uh, it's gotten positive reviews and uh, when we decided that we were going to do a regional release in the Midwest we said uh, you know let's play around a little bit more with that San Andreas so we, we tweaked the blend ever so slightly and it's box press which enhances all the flavors of the cigar and it's now available in the Midwest, uh, you know, exclusive. I think it's, what was it, 250 boxes of each size, if I remember correct. And uh, yeah. it'll be available in Chicago, Green Bay, um, you know, anything that falls into that Midwest category. So and they'll, they'll probably start shipping out of Miami Cigar in the next two weeks or so. So hopefully you'll be able to find them out there. It's, uh, you know, affordably priced, $8 and $9.00. They come in boxes of 10, um, so it's easy to make a box purchase. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much it. It's also the first cliche. The cliche is the artwork that's on the box that's burned onto the box. 
It's the first cliche that I ever did for the company. They, usually we use a graphic artist. Um, I convinced huh. Jason to let me do it. So I did it with a border around the box, and he's like, you're crazy using a border because if it's slightly off, it's not going to look right. I was like, no, nah, I'm confident I got the measurement in the box right. This is it. So like, I'm nervous as all hell, and finally the boxes came in, and the, the cliche, the burn, was it was measured perfectly to the box. So um, that could have wow. been... It could have been my job if it came back all messed up, but uh, so that was pretty cool. So it's like, you know, I guess it's kind of like having your first painting hung, hung in a gallery. Uh, the first cliche I ever did for Miami Cigar is now on a box. So cool! I can't wait to get my hands on more. Uh, like I said, I got Craig on <laughs> on watch for those. He's gonna get me some if he can find them in Chicago. Well, cool. you know. Barry, actually, I I don't know if uh, this may be catching you off guard, but is I don't know if you know of a, a list of retailers who will have it. Is that available anywhere, or just start it's not, heading out? To- it's not available yet. Rene Castaneda, who does a lot of our international sales, is currently handling that region, um, and he's he's there now. So he's taking orders on it, and once he submits all the orders and all the orders are processed. And we allocate the boxes to all. My goal is to put a list of the stores that will have it on our website. Uh, but right. as of now, there's there's no list because you know we're taking the orders. Because if you get one store that's going to say, yeah, give me a hundred boxes, and then you have all these other stores that want it in the area, we we got to kind of allocate to make sure everybody gets a nice allotment of the cigars. So once we have all the orders together and, and we we'll, we'll figure out the distribution of it. And we'll put that master list together, and then we'll put it on the uh, on the website. Well, there you go, Kip. I'm sure the second that gets published, you'll have it uh, light speed over in my direction, won't you? At the speed of the internet. <laughs> I knew I could count on you. You got you well, guys got about four percent of my battery life left, so. Well, I'll tell you what. So that way we can uh, do justice to a goodbye. We'll uh, we'll say thank you for for tuning in, albeit a slightly abbreviated and uh, uh, different than what was expected option. But uh, I'll tell you what. I didn't even think that we'd get you at all. So thanks a lot. Appreciate you. Appreciate you giving us some good information about uh, your cigar and the other stuff coming out of Miami Cigar uh, recently. And we look forward to trying all of it. Cool. I appreciate. It. I'm sorry it didn't work out as it, as we had hoped it would. Um, the Casa Miranda, which you mentioned that you were talking about before I came on, that started to ship to stores now. Um, so everybody that had ordered at IPCPR between IPCPR and today, um, those cigars are shipping, so they should be on the shelves of your retails in a month. Um, hopefully, Kilo will be on the shelves at the end of October, beginning of November. And hopefully that Nesta Miranda Exclusivo Regional will be on the shelf by the end of the month. Sounds perfect. Cool. That's well, well, thanks again, Barry. And we any Jewish we definitely want to get you. If there's any Jewish listeners out there, Lashana Tova, which means uh, to the good year. So a happy new year to everybody out there that celebrates the, the holiday. And uh, I guess I'll bid you guys sayonara. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> Take Have care, night, Barry. Take care. Be well. All the best, guys. Well, uh, only uh, only on half-assed are we going to get a little bit of uh, Hebrew as well as uh, 
Japanese all in the same sentence, right? <laughs> we we are multicultural. Yeah. And some horrible Spanish and uh, stuffed up English. Yeah. And an hour's worth of hiccups every once in a while. <laughs> hey, I was just communicating well, that was cool. to the people I'm who speak he... in that language. <laughs> yeah. That was a we'll, terrible we'll, joke. Uh, I'm sorry. We'll get Barry lined up for a, a whole show again uh, as soon as we can. Uh, I know he's he's busy, but we'll I'm sure we'll work that out. And uh, I I got to tell you, I in years past, I, I won't say I wasn't a big fan of Miami Cigar. I just wasn't really aware of Miami Cigar so much. Um, but in whew, the last six months, it really kicked in, and I think they're making some great cigars. Uh, including at least two of the three we just talked about, and and I don't think there's anything at all wrong with the the chapter two I'm smoking right now. I think it's a great cigar, but the other two, the Kilo and the um, uh, that uh, regional exclusive old Nestor Miranda, uh, those are a cut above. I, I think they're both just far far above average. They 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 offer something unique and something I'm going to be on the lookout for anyway. Well, it's kind of funny. I uh. I felt the exact same way about Miami Cigar um, up until the 107 came out. I was I was kind of of mind that um, I, I don't know I, that I just didn't line up with anything that they offered. I wasn't a big um, or what is it the La Aurora Preferidos, all the ones in the the uh, gosh, what's the word? What's the, the uh, perfecto? Yeah, the perfecto tubos. Um, you know, I didn't really line up with very many of those at all. I probably had four or five different uh, uh, wrapper variations that they offer. Um, you know, and then and I did not like the Cien Años. I think I might be I must be the one person on the planet who did not uh, enjoy that cigar. Uh, but the 107 came out, and I loved the hell out of it. Just thought that it was one of the best cigars of that year, no doubt about it. Um, and uh, and then from there, things like the Guillermo Leone, um, I thought was fantastic. And then they had another release in between the 107 and the Guillermo that uh, I also really loved. But they had about a a year's, yeah, probably about a year's worth of time, maybe eight or nine months, um, where they just completely made me into a, a believer in what they're doing and. Obviously, they continue to do it. Well, you know, when the original Cien Años came out, I can't say that I was much of a fan. But Barry, last last year at the Chattanooga Tweet Up, handed me one of the original release from 2002 or 2003. Yeah, it sounds and, about right. Man, and he actually ended up giving me two of those, and I smoked one right away and just Loved it so much, I just kind of stared at the other one for months and then finally lit it up, too. I couldn't wait anymore. I, I thought time had done wonderful things for that cigar. Um, and then uh, this past year, or within the past year, well, just within the past few months, uh, they put out that uh, 107 Maduro, which was another great cigar. It was a little bit uh, bold for a Robusto. I mean, it, it you would not make a mistake of forgetting you're smoking a cigar while you got that thing hanging out of your mouth. It, it is huh. not brash, but but strong enough that 
you will feel it, or at least I felt it. Uh, but it was a very good, flavorful cigar. <clears throat> and the Dano, I, I had one of those, just one, last year, and thought it was really good, but it was just in that one size. It was a little bit much for me. I think he said it was a 56 ring. I just remember it was it was pretty big. And so I, I didn't go on the warpath trying to find those, just mainly because of that size. But some of these newer, smaller offerings they're putting out really, really appealed to me. No doubt about it. They uh, they're coming out with good stuff, quality. No no questions asked, really. So do not well, forget me on those Nestor Miranda regional. Well, I, I definitely won't. I uh, my interest is peaked as well. So uh, I, I've got a couple shops that are pretty close, and I uh, I regularly frequent at least two of them. So I'll make sure to. Uh, I'll make sure to be on the lookout, definitely. Yeah, I bet uh, Jack Schwartz, it's in the Chicago area, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Jack Schwartz is downtown. I bet they'll have it. They have a lot of the oddball kind of stuff. I I, I know a guy that go, he actually lives not far from you, and uh, I can't remember the name of the little town, uh, but he he uses them a lot to find stuff that's a little tougher to come by. Yeah, Jack Schwartz is uh, uh, Jack Schwartz is one of the. I, actually, I think it is the. Oh no, it's not. I'm sorry. Ewan uh, is the oldest tobacconist in uh, the state, but Jack Schwartz is is up there when it comes to uh, uh, having been around a long enough time where they can get just about anything from anyone at any time, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> are on a lot of people's speed dial for, for getting special releases. So uh, we might be able to uh, to make that work. It's a bit of a haul, but hey, maybe I can head on in one day. Got another special guest here, Nestor Miranda, sitting in with us. <laughs> I'm going to have to look at the Hangout. <laughs> oh, you're not even looking at the video, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually kind of creepy when you're, when you're moving it around like that. It looks like an alien with big black eyes. Well, it's a bobblehead, so you... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was kind of funny. You were holding it close enough to the camera where I thought it was a mask. Oh, I was trying to line it up so it looked like it was in the headphones. Yeah, it uh, it looked like a... Uh, oh, not a, a... A carnival mask. Like you were holding it over on your face. <laughs> kind of funny. Well, right, we got one more got? item here that's uh, legislative. You wanna you wanna talk about that, or you wanna save it for another week, or what's your uh, thoughts? Uh, talk about it. Kick some county commissioners in the pants. Take take a pick. <laughs> well, this is right in your wheelhouse. So uh, go to town, my friend. Yeah, this this is in the news this week. Um, it, I think the the link came through Fox News, but it actually originates with a a, a Florida watchdog group. That uh, in Flagler County, if I'm not mistaken, that's Jacksonville area, but I I could be completely wrong there. Um, has passed a local ordinance and basically banned the hiring of uh, people who use tobacco in any form or any other nicotine-containing products like e-cigarettes or. I guess even smoking cessation programs if they still chew the gum or whatever. Wow. Um, and it's similar to the company I work for, but even a little a step further, 
if you apply with them and don't pass the uh, cotinine test, the, which comes with the drug test, you can't even reapply for 12 months, and you have to uh, swear under penalty of perjury that you have not uh, used tobacco within 12 months of your application date. And so they're going to be randomly testing people as well. Isn't this unconstitutional? Well, that's kind of up in the air right now. And I kind of dug a little bit. Back in 95, uh, the state of Florida decided that uh, tobacco use is not a protected piece of private information uh, for hiring at a governmental agency. And I had no idea that had been on the books for for so long, but that's however 18 years ago. Um, wow, is thus far totally legal, and smokers and tobacco users are not a protected class under federal discrimination law uh, yet, anyway. And so, as of today, there is no protection from this, um, and it can result in termination if you begin using after you're employed uh, by the county up there. Uh, Boy, that that really seems like it's it's uh, a perfect opportunity for some uh, hotshot attorney to go down to this county and and uh, make a case. I, I just it's almost unfathomable to me that it's not just is is this uh, a private company who's saying no we really would rather not our employees be nicotine users because nicotine is typically uh, uh, delivered through cigarettes and cigarettes are typically associated with higher health care costs, which is typically associated with uh, a, a not as profitable of a bottom line. Well, I and, can and see the logic. but this, this, the, the way this is written up right now, and it's funny, they don't say cigars, but it, it is written to include cigarettes, chewing tobacco, e-cigarettes, pipes, and snuff. Uh, or so it any says other. pipes, too. It does, which is odd. That, that usually is forgotten about because it's such a small Snish. piece of the population. Yeah. Uh, snuff is starting to show up more because uh, nasal snuff is actually one of the fastest-growing segments in the tobacco industry in this country. From all the people trying to quit cigarettes, they will start with nasal snuff because they can, you know, Get a little hit of nicotine and be good for a little while. Huh. But yeah, it. I don't know what else. How many more times we have to see these kinds of stories for you know everybody to be on board with something? I mean, you know, I I'm a big fan of CRA and this is exactly what the the they're lobbying against. And and the funny thing, I'm I'm looking down the the article here. The American Lung Association Association is actually against this measure. They oppose this this uh, this ordinance because they don't believe it effectively reduces tobacco use. Interesting. You know, I wonder if uh, instead of the the ALS saying we don't support it because it uh, it doesn't limit tobacco use, I wonder if their real reason is is and I obviously I'm just postulating but uh, or speculating. I, I, I wonder if their real reason is is they don't want to tie themselves to something which can so easily be brought down and is, uh, I don't know, I almost see this as a sinking ship. I mean, it really is a powder keg for for this county's legislation to think that this is legal. Yeah, uh, well, so far, 
I guess 635 current employees are, not a, are exempted from this, but you know, I'm reading through the article here, and they asked uh, the commissioner who they had been interviewing for this article if it applied to the county commissioners. He said no. It does not apply. As it is written, the policy does not apply to our county commission or to those individuals <laughs> who may run for office in the future. I mean, could you shoot yourself in the foot even more? I don't know. Not only is this discrimination, you could make easily make a case for discrimination, but it's it's. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just silly that they they're pick and choosing who it does apply to. I mean, I don't know. It's just shocking. Yeah, and uh, th this guy Joseph Mayer or Meyer, I'm not sure how he pronounces his name. He's the uh, Flagler County Community Services Director. The quote from him is, it's the same thing as drug use. We have a drug-free policy where everyone's tested for drug use before they come on board. And if they start using afterwards, we don't know until either a random drug test or workers' compensation incident. And so they're taking that same application and putting nicotine into the same category as illicit drugs, you know, despite the fact that it, so far, is still a legal product. Well, uh, let's hope they don't get any delusions of grandeur with caffeine or pseudoephedrine or other products that uh, uh, that are widely consumable and completely legal. Oh, uh, you mean yet, like trans fats? <laughs> well, I've seen that mentioned on a number of occasions. I actually read an article this week about how um, e-cigarette machines may be... Uh, you know, some of the the thoughts on e-cigarette machines are that they're uh, they may not be healthy alternatives to cigarette usage because there is um, they're finding trace amounts of certain harmful chemicals in the e-cigarette smoke. And uh, the article opens up by saying, no one would think that, and I'm paraphrasing, no one would think that that uh, regulating those icky fats known as trans fats would be a bad thing, but would you really think that regulating e-cigarettes is a bad thing? It, it, it was just so nonchalant. Oh, yeah, the government should regulate and not allow us to eat trans fats. I, it just it, it turned me off instantaneously to that, that article, that that was just a, oh, yeah, somebody should just make that decision for us because where does it stop? Oh, I, I, as soon as I said the word trans fats, I got the glare from my wife across the table. <laughs> because when New York City passed the ban on trans fats, it was enough of the uh, the population to sway Oreo to change their formula. And she is, for the rest of her life now, embittered that Oreos are not the same <laughs> as they were before. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh, add that to the long, long, long list. You know what I had the other day? Animal crackers. They changed freaking animal crackers. How could Barnum and Bailey animal crackers taste different now? I don't know. Oh, I'm sure it bothers it's me. better for you in some way. You're going to live to be 100, but be miserable the whole time. Ugh. I don't think I want to then. Oh, well. So, uh... Jumping tracks here, back onto some semblance of a show track. What uh, what else you been smoking this week? <laughs> Besides nothing with a cold. Well, I um, 
I had a little bit of time last weekend to relax and do a bunch of housework with it, with it being the, the holiday weekend. And uh, I sat back and enjoyed uh, one of the Florida Las Antillas. Uh, is it Florida Las Antillas? That's mm-hmm. what it is, right? Um, yep. The uh, the regional edition or the limited edition for Binnie's Midwest. They're a liquor distributor in the area, and they also uh, have their own uh, humidors in all of their stores. And uh, Binnie's commissioned this. 6 by 60 behemoth um, of the uh, the popular, the very popular line. And I have to say, I, I've i only had my first. Uh, I have a 10-pack that I was sent, but uh, I was left with, uh, I don't know, a, a less than enjoyable memory of the experience. I did not really find the cigar to be a good fit for that, that size, kind of surprisingly. Yeah, I think the... Um... Toro was the one that got the cigar of the year, and I've had an okay time with those. But the Robusto is where I really like that blend. I'm so I have to start to see a pattern with me here with the Robustos. Well, you know, it's it's not the most popular size in America. For, well, I guess six by sixty might be the most popular size in America now. I can't even say that anymore about the Robusto. Shocking. Yeah. Well, I was uh, I. Admittedly, I'm a little unsure about uh, my objectivity with this cigar because they were—they're actually a gift. Um, that and a bottle of Zaya rum were a gift from an ex-girlfriend, and uh, so here I am smoking this cigar with my wife around and uh, wondering if I'm going to have the conversation with her about how. This ex-girlfriend got in touch with me and sent me these cigars because I helped her out with a business venture. I kind of <laughs> didn't didn't know how that one was going to go down. But, uh, yeah, so I, it may have been the guilt that I was tasting and thinking that uh, it wasn't the best cigar I had had in a while. But I don't know. I, uh, I'll soldier on and have another one and uh, report back in the near future, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess I, you're still married at this point, though, right? I am still married at this point. That is correct. <laughs> well, I had a number of cigars on there. The first one we kind of already talked about, this uh, exclusive old regional. Uh, don't even need to say again how much I love that thing. I did have a couple this week that were not really up to par uh, with my expectation anyway. I, they were from a company I was not familiar with, although they... They grow some tobacco and sell it to some bigger manufacturers. They are really just starting to break into making cigars, I guess, uh, or at least, again, I think they had made them in the past and been out of it for quite a while. Um, and they were at the show, and the company was called Exactus, and uh, there was nothing inherently bad about them. They weren't poorly made or anything, but... I don't know, they just, they, they just didn't strike my fancy. And I still have the Maduro to try, I think, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, and, and I also have one more from them that was a special oddball uh, leaf they had developed, some kind of varietal that um, I don't even recall now. They had given, not given, sold rights to use that leaf to one of the bigger manufacturers. And, but they had a cigar they had rolled uh, featuring it as the wrapper, so I, I'll see how that one goes too. But the 
the Classico and the Habano, I think, were the two I smoked from them. And, you know, I can't say anything bad about them, but there was nothing, um, you know, nothing that resounded with me with those two cigars that made me say, hey, I got to go get some of these. But who knows? Hmm. Uh, what else I got on here? The 1502 Ruby. Uh, I, that's one of the House of Emilio brands, uh, the 1502, which is the parent company, I believe, is Global Premium Cigars. I love what those guys put out. I think they're doing a fantastic job. They make uh, typically um, bold but not brash kind of Nicaraguan cigars. They are they have the Nicaraguan punch to them, but they won't just leave you with cold sweats and dizziness. Um, I think I probably like the, their Emerald line a little better than the Ruby, and Right off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you a single component in there except their you know, typical Nicaraguan kind of blending. Um, really like what they're doing, though. The uh, Yeti Ortega Wild Bill was a solid uh, addition to the Wild Bunch. And I put in there that it, it's now up in the running with uh, my favorites with the uh, Island Jim and Iron Mike that so far have come out of that lineup. Um Really, really good cigar. Uh, Lito Gomez Dominican Puro 2013 was uh, just what it sounds like, a Dominican Puro. Um, good cigar, kind of slightly sweet uh, flavor profile, but I put it in the notes. It beat me senseless. It was a little more cigar than I might normally reach for. Uh, I think you know it was a bigger format, a bigger size cigar, and in addition to that was blended uh, fairly potently. <laughs> so it had some strength to it and left me just a little bit uh, woozy from the whole experience, but it <laughs> tasted great uh, throughout the smoke. It just wore me out. Um, and the Essencia E, uh, which we smoked on a show, I think, early on, um, now being distributed by a local shop here. But uh, this shop apparently doesn't know any better. They told me it was the new Taranio E, <laughs> which I thought was funny. You know, I know Taranio distributes it, but the fact that they think Taranio makes it, I don't know, it just struck me as funny. Well, it, uh, uh, it, I guess we don't really know where it is made, do we? No, that's all undisclosed. They they are not talking about where it's made or any of the components of the blend. They 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 are completely silent so far. It's a little interesting. I guess that hadn't even really crossed my mind that it might be manufactured by Toronio, but I guess that might make some sense. No, no, I think in all actuality is the person working there just was clueless and knew that it came with a shipment of Toronto cigars and Toronto was distributing it. Oh, I got you. I, I don't think they were asserting that Toronto made it. I think they were just assuming that and not knowing any better. Well, that probably is the most logical <laughs> thought. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I uh, I absolutely loved that stick. So I uh, I and I don't have a B and M where I can run around and pick them up. So maybe we'll just do a trade for if I can find those uh, regional exclusives. Yeah, that hmm. works for me. Hmm. And those those E's are fantastic cigars, and they're in the lower end of that sweet spot. They're about six bucks a piece. They're, uh, yeah, 
Very that, affordably a, priced. That's stupid, silly pricing for that cigar. You could you could double that price and sell those for twelve dollars cigars. You might not sell as many, but they're absolutely that, of that quality level. Well, if you could sell half as many, you'd be doing pretty good. <laughs> I guess you're correct, aren't you? <laughs> you just got to figure out where that, uh, that diminishing returns curve tapers out. So you've got a little bit of a rant coming up, don't you? Yeah, I've lost my energy on this rant, but it was bothering me at the time. I, I had a conversation a few weeks ago, I guess, talking to a guy who um, I think it was a tweet up, and you know he was all about inexpensive cigars, and I'm right there on board. I I don't put a heavy, uh, I don't allow a heavy influence based strictly on the price of a cigar. I look for the value of a cigar, which you can get a lot of cigar for $3 and you can get a garbage cigar for 12 and then everything in between. But, you know, it just, I, I don't know why outside of the fact that I'm getting old and crotchety is just irritating me that, that he, that seemed to be the only thing in mind. He described the cigar that, that he was such a fan of. And I'm, I'm looking here. He described him as being, Pretty bitter, and they always have burn problems. <laughs> you know, why on God's green earth do you keep buying these cigars all the time? I mean, even if they're inexpensive, you can find another three dollar cigar and not have to suffer through that. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get it. I guess. Yeah, I didn't understand strictly or only being focused on pricing as being the deciding factor on what you buy. You know, it seemed to me if if it if you're not enjoying it, you got to really ask yourself why are you smoking the cigars? You know, if it's not a pleasant pastime, what why do you keep doing it? You know, or if you want to have cigars and maybe you might want to have some that you enjoy, either look for another $3 cigar that you find to have a better experience with or don't smoke as many of them. Maybe you you smoke half as many and buy $6 cigars and enjoy them tenfold more. I don't know. I'm just old and grumpy, I suppose. No, it's all right. It's a, it's a rite of passage when you get over 40. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't yeah. agree more with you. Barely. And, and I'm absolutely not condemning inexpensive cigars. I think there are some great ones out there. And I, I think there is a, you know, a, a magic crossing of two lines where it's like in pipes. With a pipe, uh, you can go buy a $20 basket pipe and you can go buy $500 whatever. And you may get an equal pipe in terms of how it smokes and the quality of the construction and the drilling and all that. But your chances of getting a better pipe tend to go up until you get to a certain point. And at that point, I think, is well below $500. You know, uh, maybe it's 250 bucks where you get a $20 basket pot. And you, 14 times out of 15, you're not going to get a great pot. You're not, it's not going to be drilled properly because it's going to be all completely machine-made in mass quantities and nobody's really paying attention. But sometimes they're going to make a good pot. Whereas if you're paying more and getting something that there's a guy sitting there and he does some machining, of course, you can't just 
hollow out a bowl and all that by hand. I, I guess you could, but who would want to? Oof. Yeah. Um, but but there is somebody paying attention where rather than you know that once out of 15 pipes you get a great one, it's more like 14 out of 15 you get a great one and you've paid more for it. I think there somewhere in there there's a magic line where the the value peaks, you know, where your chances of getting something good for the price pays off. And I don't know, it just seems to make sense to me. I, I could understand it with the you know with this guy's cigars if you know some portion of the time some degree of frequency you're going to get construction flaws. I get that, and understand it. And that's the price of doing business. And, you know, if if you have quite a few cosmetic blemishes, that's the reason many of these are at their price point anyways are cosmetic problems. They don't make the grade for color or or you know a consistent color or whatever. Absolutely not a problem. But but if you're buying cigars that you don't especially enjoy, that you describe as bitter, and you admittedly have to fight with the burn on just about every one of them, I just think there's better options out there. I, I, I guess I didn't follow his logic. I couldn't agree more with you. I, I just don't, you know, I, I've said it before where uh, I might have a $10, $15 cigar or... I might have a, a gifted cigar that somebody gives me. I mean, on either end of the spectrum. And if I'm just not enjoying it, I don't, no matter what I paid or no matter how I came to receive it, it doesn't seem like there's a reason to even continue with it. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. Isn't this just about enjoyment? Yeah. Um, I, what, what else is there? If you're just in it for nicotine delivery, then go grab yourself an e-cigarette. Oh, yeah, or, or if you're just in it for the guilt, you know, the, oh, well, I have to have this because somebody gave it to me, or I have to have this because I paid good money for it. You know, I, I, I guess I just don't ever agree with that mentality. You just better enjoy it. That's the only thing I agree with. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, I'm, I'm, headed, I'm dropping a quick note in the chat room here. Uh, no problem at all. Uh, while you're doing that, I can uh, I can move on to a little bit of my uh, inclusion into the the world of uh, smokes here. Um, it, it, this one's still involving cigars, but it's a little bit uh, uh, of a sad note, which I didn't intend that way. But initially, I had had uh this uh quick snippet uh, about some custom rolled cigars by the Sosa cigar shop in downtown Disney in uh Lake Buena Vista Florida uh, and then unfortunately you gave me some terrible news when uh, uh we were in the the pre-show uh production meeting I guess that this Sosa Cigar Shop is being closed down. Disney is not choosing to uh, extend them a new lease. I was very surprised to hear that. Uh, it just uh, it seems as if, based on Kip, what you were saying, it seems as if they uh, that Disney is looking at taking downtown Disney in a different direction uh, on top of the fact that uh, they've recently, and kind of in tandem with this decision, uh, limited smoking even further on their um, cruise ships. 
So the Disney cruises. So it just seems yeah. as if Disney might be going the uh, the way of Starbucks and just kind of being all out anti tobacco usage. Well, it's at the very least heading that way. Um, you know, they, the what you're talking about, they eliminated smoking from all the uh, the room balconies on their cruise ships. You know, they're going to have still, uh, actually not on all their ships, some of their ships are entirely uh, tobacco-free, but on the ones that do still have some spots, we'll have a couple of places uh, on board where you can smoke, but not on, uh, not on the balcony in your room, which just kind of amaze me. I guess it shouldn't. Man, I I have to say that was uh, probably my most enjoyable memories of the one cruise I have been on, being able to smoke a cigar, watch a sunset, middle of the night, go out there and just watch the deck lights reflect off the, the, uh, the surf. That's an amazing time. Yep. <laughs> yep. You ever watch King of the Hill? Oh, uh, with, uh, boy, I was going to call him Art. That's not his name. Uh, Hank Hill. Yeah. All the guys, the old 40 and over dudes standing around their alleyway talking. And, yep. <laughs> that was the conversation. Yep. Well, you're now an old 40 and over dude, so there you go. Yep. 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 <laughs> Well, we got a couple good listener interviews, or listener emails. What do you say we busted on into them? Yeah. And I'm yeah. hoping this first one about uh, the stainless steel Palio, that uh, you might be able to get some firsthand knowledge on this one, given that uh, local shop. I do not. I have absolutely zilch about this uh, stainless steel cutter. And when we were at IPCPR last year in Orlando, I got to hold the prototype and thought it was just fan flipping tastic. It was a you know a hefty huge chunk of metal. It was four ounces of stainless steel, and you know, it's not something you'll forget you have in your pocket for sure. I mean, it, it was. I like the Palio, despite the fact that the blades came out of mine. I think it's a great cutter, and you know, I think I had the uh, you know, occasional oddball thing that just happens. But i uh, man alive. If I could pick any cutter on the market today, that's that's it. And, well, it's not on the market today. <laughs> and, you know, we were expecting them to be out last Christmas, and they didn't make it. And I understand they were having some problems uh, f- with a couple of things. You know, they like to source their materials and their products uh, from the United States from manufacturers here in the U.S. And they were having a great deal of trouble with that, and they and they were still working out some serious uh, production issues and being able to mass produce that at some semblance of an affordable price. And I would say that's probably still the holdup, but that's that's just speculation on my excuse me on my part. Maybe we can ask our guests. Maybe I can ask our guests next week. That might not be a bad idea. They uh they might have a. The bat phone into uh, the world of Markob. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh I'm on one of the I'm on the website of one of the largest Palio dealers that I know of right now, and they still only have the five uh, the five options: the traditional black carbon fiber, the burl wood, and then uh, two of the camos. Yep, um, as to the best of my knowledge, the stainless one has still never made it into the marketplace. Yeah, there's a there's a 
perfect little spot for it. There's there's a sixth spot for the picture of that stainless one. It's just not here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame. All right. So what do we got next? Oh, that was from Ray Harvey. So Ray, uh, I don't have an answer. I, as the uh, opportunity arises, I will do some digging. Uh, but the uh, the next one's from Dan Clegg. I uh, hope that's how you say his last name. Uh, have you guys considered a discussion of the different cigar apps available on mobile devices? Those of us who don't have an iPhone can't get the awesome Cigar Pro that Dogwatch covered, but there are a lot of other apps that may suck or may not. I was just trying to sideload Cigar Dojo onto my BlackBerry. I guess he says that's a, a method that allows some free and Android apps to run on certain BlackBerry phones. But it's not working yet, but it's looking pretty good so far. I don't especially use a lot of phone apps. I am on there. I have a CRA app that uh, is not widely used. You know, they have some interactivity, and basically it's a way to get news updates, but those same updates are published in any number of 100 different outlets anyway. Um, I know one of the uh, most uh, popular ones out there is the one you just mentioned, the Cigar Dojo, and I don't know the people behind that. I met one of them at IPCPR, but just in passing. Um, but I do know uh, it's at least promoted heavily uh, in the, the online cigar community. There's a lot of chatter about it on Twitter, and they have a a, a big hearth, so to speak, every Thursday night, I think, where you know they've set aside the night and, and have a, a guest person you can interact with, and you're smoking a cigar, and everybody is smoking the same cigar. Um and I, I don't know much more than that. You know, I have that app on my phone, but I've never, never in any way explored it, so I don't know much about it. Um, let's see, I don't know what else I might have on here. Let me tinker around my phone for, you know, half hour, so that's good. good radio <laughs> right there. Um, Cigar Boss, that's another one that really is useful they're linked into a number of uh, cigar media sites, and so you can dial in a, a cigar. If you're standing in a, a, a humidor at a brick-and-mortar shop and you want to read some reviews about a cigar you might want to buy, you can pull that up right there on your phone through that app. Um, they uh, also will help you find a shop if you're traveling around based on where you're at. You know, and that, That's limited to shops that have uh, you know, signed up with them for... Uh, the ad space to advertise, of course, but uh, I don't know. I tend to know where all the cigar shops are in the places I travel, so I don't have to consult too many apps. I'm being ridiculed across the table right at this minute. <laughs> well, I know that, um, you know, I guess I shouldn't say that it's still uh, a very widely uh, used, but I know at one time the Mobile Stogie app uh, was a pretty good app that uh, allowed you to do some things. Uh, you could track your collection in that, uh, as well as kind of interact with the standard mobile stogie, uh, you know, the other mobile stogie items that were out there. That was a that was a pretty good app. Uh, whether or not it's, you know, whether or not it's still really updated, I don't know. I don't use the cigar apps. I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I, I've talked to a lot of guys about um, uh, whether or not they, um, you know, catalog and keep track of everything that they have, and I've just never been that guy. 
Um, in my life, I've just never really needed that much organization unless it was work, you know. And uh, I generally don't make uh, work, uh, or excuse me, I generally don't make fun or at-home stuff as complicated and uh, categorized as work, so... <laughs> Yeah, I was looking in the chat room. I, I was not aware, but uh, Cigar Geeks apparently has an app as well. Uh, I did not even know that one. I mean, I know Cigar Geeks, but I didn't know they had a, a phone app. That's cool. It's a recommendation it, from Smoking Soldier. Oh, really? That's interesting. That's very interesting. I didn't know that either. Hmm. Well, forgive the uh, the interruption. Someone is... is uh, very rudely trying to distract me and put things under my uh, my smoking room door. I don't know what it is or what they're doing, but that's what happens when you have family in town, I guess. Someone doesn't respect your space. <laughs> and uh, uh, well, we do have um, one final email here from uh, our a new listener to the show, Jeff Williams. And uh, I suppose after we get into Jeff's email here, we can tell everybody who won the uh, this month's uh, giveaway for the the email into the show. But um, before that, Jeff's email says that he, you know, uh, as I had mentioned, he is a, a new listener to the show, and he was wondering about blending and making his own cigars. Do we know of any resources on the web that uh, that offer up any tutorials or anything like that, and any sources to be able to uh, uh, supply uh, all the raw material for? And you know, it just so happens, uh, Jeff, if you go back and listen to uh, episode 17B, um, there will be a quick recap of a lot of great information about doing just this. Uh, we had a, I don't know, I, I think it was one of my most enjoyable episodes that we recorded. Uh, we had um, uh, a show recorded hours long where we, we gave just about uh, as much first-hand information as we could from a listener uh, and a friend of the show who uh, does just this. And so, unfortunately, we had a Google snafu and the episode was lost, but uh, 17B we re-recorded and quite frankly tried to fill in as much as we could, but we will in the future, mark our words, get uh, uh, this gentleman, his name is Michael Stewart, we'll get him back on to talk about just what you're inquiring about. It It, it was a pretty fun episode and allowed us the opportunity to really delve into the, our uh, tobacco geekdom. Yeah. 17B was the recap, but if you can find episode 17, please send me a link to that. Because <laughs> it, it will still show up in search results, but you cannot play that video for anything. So you've uh, you've continued trying over the weeks? I did. I did again this week after I read this email, and it's still, still showing up there, gray screen. This video is not available. Oh, jeez. Huh. Well, it's uh, it's kind of a shame. It's it's like it taunts us, you know. <laughs> yeah, I keep expecting it to fall out of the sky at some point, but uh, it'll probably happen, you know, the day after we record our show again with Michael. Yeah, you know, joke. The Starbucks people are uh, fighting back against you, Kip. What can we say? Yeah, exactly. But uh, I, I got to tell you, uh, uh, Jeff. Jeff Williams, his name, uh, that yeah. uh, 
It was an amazing show, you man. You missed it. No. <laughs> no. We'll get Michael on again, and then he really is a wealth of information. He he, uh, he does exactly what you described. He blends and rolls his own cigars. Craig and I have smoked them, and they're good cigars. And uh, we're going to get him back on and go through that uh, whole process with him again if he's willing, and uh, cover some of the sources he uses and you know the process he goes through and, and the equipment he has and, and that kind of thing. Um, and it started out, I think, for him just as a you know, just a small hobby to uh, to pass the time, and he soon realized that the basic equipment to to get started to actually doing it, it is not outrageously expensive on a small scale for yourself, and and it, there are a lot of legal ramifications if you ever wanted to sell something you're making, but but if you're just doing it for yourself, you can buy whole leaf tobacco uh, actually untaxed. Uh, the tobacco is not taxed at a federal level until it's processed, which means pulling stems or rolling or, or some other work put into it. So you can you can actually roll your own cigars really inexpensively with good tobacco, and you know Michael's shown that. Well, it uh, it's certainly 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 a great opportunity to uh, entertain all of us on a new show here. So. We'll get that. Uh, we'll get that coming up in the not too uh, not too distant future. That's an absolute guarantee. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. We've got uh, we've got some good news here to to uh, break into. So why don't we do that before we have another King of the Hill reference? Yep. <laughs> Well, we uh, as Kip had uh, shared with all of us earlier, the the ten cigars that he's so graciously giving away, gifts from uh, manufacturers, gifts from himself. Uh, we uh, we need to draw a name to do that, and I believe you you have used random dot org and come uh, up with a response. I did just moments before showtime. Um, I piled up the. Uh, the email addresses and names from folks that had sent things in and numbered them in the order they were received and patched it through random.org and it pulled number 31 which corresponded to John C. Craig and I don't know John I know you've corresponded with him some uh, Craig back and forth uh, so John I will be contacting you this week to get an address you want these sent to and get them headed your way well I uh I am sending him uh, a quick note as we speak, so that's uh, that's good news. John sent some uh, some kind words and some pretty uh, fun recommendations off uh, this past month, so it'll be a good one to make sure that he gets uh, gets notification that he's the big winner. So that'll be a great one. Yeah, well, the show just made you a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey. Well, what do you say we uh, we wrap up this chapter two? You got any other thoughts on this bad boy? No, you know it it uh, it picked up a, a good notch, or maybe a couple of notches in strength as time went on. And um, I said this early on that it was more noticeable in the Toro, uh, the Robusto. I still don't think was quite as uh, potent in terms of nicotine strength, but it definitely did build toward the end. It, it continued to get a little further from uh, that early sweetness and a little more of 
maybe not quite so far as a woodsy character, but more leathery and more, I guess, what I am accustomed to in many of the cigars that Miami Cigar distributes with with uh, uh, in, in recent days. It, it's it's a very good cigar, but knowing that I've just recently had the Kilo and I've had that uh, Nestor Miranda Exclusive O Regional, those two I think I would buy over this one, although it's a very good cigar in its own right. When it comes down to plunking hard-earned cash on the, the countertop, I'm, I'm going to get those two for sure. Hmm. Well, it's... Uh... Uh, it's still an interesting cigar and one that I'm looking forward to having. The uh, the blend seems to be right up my alley, as do so many others from Miami Cigar coming around lately. Uh, but I'm glad to hear your wrap-up of that. Yeah, I dig it. Well, and speaking of speaking of digging it, I uh, I think the listeners are going to dig the the couple special guests that you've got on next week. What do you say? Yeah, um, you're skipping out of town on me. I've lined up our old buddies from Dogwatch. Uh, so all of the, uh, actually the public outcry I've had in recent months, I, I, I don't know how many emails and messages from D.C. I've gotten uh, asking uh, <laughs> if and when we're going to have Bob and Dale back on. Uh, so their, uh, their public is calling and they are answering next week. So Craig's going to be out of town, but Bob and Dale will both be sitting in with me. And assuming I make it down to Tampa Humidor tomorrow, and that's a pretty safe bet as long as I'm still breathing, um, I'm going to pick up something, and we're going to do an impromptu unbanded cigar next week with Bob and Dale. Nice. That's a great yeah. idea. Well, I uh, I will be in the middle of a trout river somewhere in uh, the mountains of Colorado, so... Although I will miss uh, uh, being able to participate on another episode, it will be what I'm going to look forward to downloading when I'm back. I'll tell you that much. Well, I am envious of being in the mountains in a river somewhere. That actually sounds pretty spectacular to me. <laughs> I've had a couple good trips this year, and this will uh, this will be the second that I'm really looking forward to. So, cool. Uh, and is uh, is your dad going to be there with you for that one too? Yep, yep. This is my uh, this is my annual trip with, with the old man. We uh, we find a different river every year it seems, and uh, try to go catch a couple trout and uh, do whatever we can to you know pack a flask with some sort of good Irish whiskey and uh, uh, about as many cigars as we can keep in our vest. It's a darn good time. <laughs> that that sounds like a darn good time. <laughs> I, I can dig that for sure. That, that man, that sounds good. You know, I have to say, I, uh, uh, you know that that uh, crab apple wood that I talked to you about probably about a month ago. Mm-hmm. I I actually uh, uh, I, I definitely took a bunch of it, and so I had been letting it dry for a time. Uh, I took all the bark off, kind of let it dry out a bunch. Uh, and then I was talking to my dad last week, and we were just thinking about, oh, actually, no, I called him. And I'm like, I have got a great idea for our trip. I have got a, a little bit of a haul of uh, some hardwood, some uh, basically applewood. And uh, I would love to smoke some turkey legs out there over the fire when we're fishing. And so just this week... I uh, I mailed him a big box of ten logs of wood, 
I've never done such a thing before. <laughs> but uh, I figure if I'm going to – if I need hardwood, you can't really get that out in Colorado. Everything's pine. So what the heck. I uh, I thought that will be a good idea. We'll, we'll make a fire, smoke some turkey legs, and it will be a good night. One of those things you just do as a man that's just completely idiotic. You but know, why not? I, I have ordered through the mail logs before. Oh, really? I have. They're, they're, you know, Apple does not grow in the state of Florida. I've known a couple of people that tried, and it just won't do it. It's just not It's not productive. The, 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 uh, the weather's not good for an apple tree, so you just about can't get apple wood here. So I buy it out of Virginia when it's time that I need apple for smoking various cuts of meat. Well, there you go. Hey, uh, Smoking Soldier in the chat room wants to know where. He says he's in the Springs now. I guess that means Colorado Springs. He's asking where you're going to be. Um, I'll be on the Larimer River. G- Great Larimer River? Something Larry? like that. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I'm pretty sure it's the Great Larimer River. It's right by Cameron Pass. Okay. There you go, Smoking Soldier. Well, I have an email that just popped up on my phone that I, that I can read to you because it's pertinent to the show before we go. And it's from Don Hubble. And he says, you, sir, speaking to you, Craig, are a genius. Why, thank you. Mr. Craig, you're a genius on par with Wiley Coyote. Super <laughs> genius. Your oh, idea, great. your idea, how I could convince my wife to support buying a much bigger cooler to chill beverages for a cookout worked like a charm. <laughs> we, we had a neighborhood cookout on Labor Day weekend. As co-host, it was my job to provide cold beverages. The missus looked at the case of beer, case of sodas, and bottled water, and asked if we had a cooler big enough for it all. Nope, we don't. Was my reply. <laughs> She then agreed that I could buy a big cooler only if I could find an out-of-the-way place to store it. Cookout was a smashing success, and I've stored away that unsightly cooler in a secluded spot, safely nestled inside her cigars resting at 64% humidity. Well, sounds like uh, sounds like that's a worthy late addition to the email list this week. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, you know, and just as Kip says, you're uh, you're more likely to to be entered into the drawing if the email is a little bit positive. Something tells me that he might be getting a package soon enough. You never know. <laughs> you call me a genius. You never know what's going to come your direction. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's time to close down and yet another enjoyable episode of Half Ashed. And Without even trying, it's like two hours on the button. I just don't know how that keeps happening, but it does. So, Well, my man, we want to make sure we tell everybody, head on up to uh, a couple websites, CigarFederation.com, our uh, gracious host of the the monthly uh, live episode that we put out. Halfash.com, certainly uh, head up to our own website for independent content, uh, weekly broadcasts other than that uh, that uh, monthly one uh, on SigFed, and obviously the Cigar Me, the best darn uh, cigar blog out there. Hey, I managed to even get two reviews up in one week again. That, that rarely happens. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. I know. I'm actually so far behind schedule. Is there just <laughs> it's a terrible problem to have. There's a mountain of cigars just waiting on me to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
<laughs> well, if you want to yell at Kip and tell him to uh, hurry his butt up, you can send him an email at kip at com. And if you want to tell me that I'm a genius like uh, my new favorite emailer just did, you can send me a note at craig at com. So find us, folks. We're available just about everywhere, and we'd love to talk with you. Anything uh, you want to send us off with, Kipper? I think we're in good shape. I'm feeling pretty good right now. Good. Glad to hear it. Well, ladies and gents, thanks for uh, tuning in for another episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you uh, uh, enjoyed hearing Barry Stein of Miami Cigar, and we want to say thank you very much, and have yourself a great evening. Thanks for listening.